Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is to see everyone attend church and hear from God daily through His Word. The Bible reveals God's responses to various situations, and through daily devotions, we can reshape our thought patterns, transform our minds, and become more Christ-like. Join us here every Monday through Friday as different pastors and leaders from Fusion Church provide insightful devotions and teachings based on the day's scripture. For the current SOAP reading plan, visit fusionchurch.cc SOAP and join us as we deepen our understanding and relationship with God. Good morning. Good morning, Fusion Church. All right, Freedom Friday. Another week has passed. And yes, we've been probably running around going crazy. But you know what? God is so good. God is in control. We are uh, reading this morning from the book of Esther, uh, chapter 6. This book has been so good, so good uh, in all these uh, meetings. And uh, the Lord is just speaking to us. And this morning, my lovely Sandra will be reading. Did you want to pray first? Oh, my bad. I get so excited that I forget to do things. (laughs) Father, we just praise you. We thank you. We worship you, Father God. We thank you for this time that you have given us, this moment, Father. Speak to our hearts, Father God. Let it be you and not us. And I thank you in advance what you're doing, what you have done, and what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. All right. All righty. Good morning. I am in the NIV version, um, and I'm reading from Esther chapter 6, starting with verse 1 here. It says, that night the king could not sleep, so he ordered the book of the Chronicles, the record of his reign, to be brought in and read to him. It was found recorded there that Mordecai had exposed Bigthana and Teresh, two of the king's officers who guarded the doorway, who had conspired to assassinate King Xerxes. What honor and recognition has Mordecai received for this? The king asked. Nothing has been done for him. His attendants answered. The king said, who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer court of the palace to speak to the king about hanging Mordecai on the gallows he had erected for him. His attendants answered, Haman is standing in the court. Bring him in, the king ordered. When Haman entered, the king asked him, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought to himself, who who is there that the king would rather honor than me? So he answered the king. For the man the king delights to honor, have them bring a royal robe uh, the king has worn and a horse the king has ridden, one with a royal crest placed on its head. Then let the robe and the horse be entrusted to one of the king's most noble princes. Let them robe the man the king delights to honor and lead him on the horse through the city streets, proclaiming before him, this is what's done for the man the king delights to honor. Go at once, the king commanded Haman, get the robe and the horse and do just as you suggested for Mordecai the Jew, who sits at the king's gate. Do not neglect anything you have recommended. So Haman got the robe and the horse. He robed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the streets, proclaiming before him, this is what's done for the man the king delights to honor. 
Afterward, Mordecai returned to the king's gate, but Haman rushed home with his head covered in grief and told Zeresh, uh, his wife and all his friends, everything that had happened to him. His advisors and his wife, Zeresh, said to him, since Mordecai, before whom your downfall has started, is of Jewish origin, you cannot stand against him. You will surely come to ruin. While they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs arrived and hurried Haman away to the banquet Esther had prepared. Amen. Thank you so much, Sandra. Amen. Amen. All right. Stretch if you need to. Wow. You know, this 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 book only has, you know, 14 little verses on it. But it's so much, so much written in here. You know, the first uh, verse, he starts off that, you know, that the king couldn't sleep. You know, and then he commanded them to bring the, the chronicles or the records uh, uh, to him. You know, that there's no reason given exactly why he couldn't sleep. You know, it could have been that maybe he was concerned about, you know, the, the banquet that would deck. Queen Esther wanted to do for him the next day. He was thinking about maybe what answer, what question she had because he offered her half of his kingdom. So it could have been about that. But it, but in another point, it could just be that that the Lord withheld sleep from him so that he can can um, can look into these records and and these records can reveal things to him. You know that one like an oversight. You know it goes into verse two. He said it was found written. That Mordecai, you know, Mordecai, you know, he found out about about two of the, the, the eunuchs that had a plot against the king. And that is found back in Esther uh, 2.21, that while Mordecai sat at the gate, you know, two of the king's eunuchs, that they were uh, uh, door, doorkeepers, you know, were plotting, plotting to, to, to kill the king. You know, Mordecai went to and told Esther, Esther, of course, Went and told the king, and after an investigation, they found out that it was true. And all this stuff, you know, was written in record. In record was everything, you know. And then, and you know, and then that just gave me the point that everything we do in this world, God knows it. And in due season, and in due season, God will honor us for all the stuff that we do, you know, for the kingdom of God, all the, all the good stuff. But also, on the other flip side. All the negative stuff is there. So things are written down. Nothing goes unseen by God because God sees all. And these chronicles reveal this. You know, and sometimes, you know, we, we, you know, want to get recognized. Sometimes, you know, we look for that pat in the back. Sometimes, you know, because we're doing good. You know, we say, well, somebody will recognize me. Have you ever thought that? Maybe somebody will pat me in the back, you know. And while I was, while I was uh, back in the day when I had hair, I used to be a, a, a boys leader. And, and we, I used to take all these boys camping. And the boys used to drive me crazy. You know, you're talking about 10, 12, 13 years old. They can drive you crazy. And I took them camping and I pour out my heart. And many times I said to myself, you know, nobody really cares. Nobody, nobody. All they want to do is drop the boys off and go home, you know, and I take care of them. And I took him camping and everything. And I, and I share the word of God. But, you know, one day, one day, you know, when, when I least expected, you know, and I wasn't doing that no more. A young man came to me, you know, and he and he was grateful. And he says, I want to thank you for for being there when I was a little boy, because now that I'm a family man, now that I got a family, I understand. And I said, I don't know how you did it. I don't know how you dealt with us. 
because he was one of the worst ones. But in due season, you know, in due season, you know, uh, this, this, this God revealed these things, and God just letting me know that my time was not wasted. You're never wasting your time when you're doing the will of God, when you're trying to do your best. And for me, that was my reward right there. Hearing this kid say, okay, I didn't waste my time back then. I did it. And another time, real real quick, when I was in, in the military, I, I went away to a, to leadership school. And, and then when I returned, when I returned, my supervisor pulled me in the office and he said, I want you to sign something. And I just, I just came off the plane. Come on. Give me a break. I want to go home. But he said, come, come into the office. You know, and he and he has some paperwork there. He told me to sign my sign the paperwork. And, and I asked, you know, what is this for? And he said, he said, because you have done such a good job. Things were written down. Things were written down. You deserve this. So he was promoting me almost on the spot when I came back. And that just tells you, you know, things are written down. And that's why they have this record they, or, the, or the chronicles that they will be read here to the king to remind the king of things that has happened. And he says in verse three, and then the king said, what honor, you know, what honor has been given to him? And they told him nothing has been done. It was an oversight. And being that it was an oversight and this was to save the king's life. You know, he wanted to fix this. He wanted to correct this. He wanted to honor, he wanted to honor this individual, you know, Mordecai. You know, so he said to them, you know, is anybody here? Anybody out there in verse four in the court? You know, that's where the, all the, the leaders will, will get together. And guess who was there? Haman was there. He was he was in the court. You know, so he suggested, you know, you know, bring him to me. But important thing in verse four. It says, it says that when Haman just entered the outer courts and the king's uh, place to suggest that the king, that he was there, he was thinking about, I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to the king, Haman was saying, so I can hang Mordecai. Because let's not forget, he hated, he hated Mordecai. So Haman had a plot already, you know, because the previous chapter, you know, they, they were built a, a gallows in, in, his, in his house. In his property, you know, they built this gallows for Mordecai, and he was ready to share this with the king. So he goes there. He said, oh, the king, I got an audience with the king. I'm going to tell him, let's hang Mordecai, you know. And um, so when he went in there, you know, the king's servant said to him, Haman is there. And of course, he says, bring him to me. And when as soon as he came in, the, ki the king asked him, what shall be done to the man who delights the king and the king wants to honor him? You know, and Haman thought to himself, you know, being so proud that he was, he says, he must be talking about me. You know, you know, he wants to talking about me. You know, he's looking, he wants to honor me, you know, because Haman at this point, he was the top of the leaders at the, in the kingdom right there. He was the top prince, you know, and he wasn't looking for money. He wasn't looking for power because he already had that, you know, but what he was looking for was for glory and honor. He wanted to be acknowledged like the king was acknowledged. So uh, as, as he's thinking about all this stuff, thinking uh, of a man that the way he was, you know, he, he says in verse eight, let a royal robe be brought that the king has worn and a horse which the king has written because nobody touches the king's stuff. That's the, that belongs to the king. But to put it on somebody, to put it and have them wear this stuff and put it on the king's horse, 
you know, but not only that, he went ahead and said, and make sure, make sure that you put the crest on the horse, signifying who he was, signifying the authority, signifying the honor, you know, so he was really blowing this out, you know, because he thought it was for him, you know, he really wanted to, to wear that rope, he really wanted to ride that horse, you know, and he wanted to, because he thought, this is for me, this is for me, and it says in verse 9, let this, let the rope, the, let this rope and the horse be delivered by one of the king's most noble princes, He's talking about himself, but he doesn't even know that he is. You know, the, noble, the most noble princess, and let them array, let them parade him, you know, and, uh, with the horse throughout throughout, throughout the courts. You know, let him proclaim it. You know, so he was saying he wanted this thing. He wanted it so bad. So he thought that he, that he was really preparing an honor for himself. But yet, you know, yet look what's going to happen. And this just takes me about pride, you know. Proverbs 16, 19, it says, pride goes before destruction. You know, pride goes before destruction. If we let pride get in the way, you know, only evil is going to come out of it. Only evil is going to come. And in Proverbs 11, 2, it says, when pride comes, then comes shame. Shame will follow pride all the time because pride will lead to destruction. And what is the, word, the, the, the verse says here? Oh, man, in verse 10. He says, the king said to Haman, hurry, take the rope, take the horse. As you have suggested, as you have suggested, and do so for Mordecai. I bet you, I bet you, Haman, when he heard this, his mouth went boop, right into the floor. He says, what? Wait a minute. I suggested that for me. That rope was supposed to be for me. I'm the one that's supposed to be riding the horse. He said, Mordecai the Jew. Oh, my goodness sakes. You know, if he was a rational man, he'll be thinking like, oh, my God. And I just put into, 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 into law kind of that the Jews are going to get prosecuted, you know. And I came here to tell the king, let's hang Mordecai the Jew. And here the king is telling him, do this for Mordecai as you have suggested. You know, so he must have been blown away. He must have been shocked, you know, that he, and he couldn't probably believe what he was hearing because the king was saying, do this uh, to Mordecai the Jew who sits within the king's gates, who sits within the king's gates. So important to understand that the king noticed that Mordecai sits at the gate. You know, the king noticed him. You know, leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. In other words, don't leave no details out. Don't leave no details. Just because it's going to be Mordecai, not you. Don't leave no details. That the king was telling him, you got to do this. You know, and here, you know, besides being shocked to do this for Mordecai, the man that he hated, you know, the man that he wanted to hung, you know, by the gallows. You know, so all, you know, all these wonderful things that he wanted for himself, now he had to do for somebody else. But on top of that, he had to proclaim it. So it's bad enough that you're doing it. It's bad enough that you got to lead this guy in his horse, the king's horse. But you have to open up your mouth and say, you know, this is what the king does for those who honor. Look at Mordecai. 
The king is honoring Mordecai. So all these things had to come out of Haman. So I know that that must have, that must have been terrible for him to do, but he had no choice. He had, he had to follow the king's orders. And in verse 11, it says, Haman took the rope and the horse and arrayed him. In other words, he parade Mordecai and led the horse and led it on horseback through the entire square and proclaimed, this shall be done to the men who delight the, uh, and to honor, that the king delights to honor. You know, so again, at this point, Haman's evil ways, all the stuff that he was plotting started to take a twist, started to crumble right before his eyes. You know, the Jewish man whom he wanted to hung, now he was praying. Mm-mm-mm. You know what that mean? You know, so, you know, so even though, you know, you know, sometimes we, you, we, we might have haters. <laughs> we might have those that don't really care too much. You know, we cannot put our vision on them. We got to put our vision on Christ. We got to put our sight on the Lord because the Lord has us and the Lord will make a way, make a way. I'm sure, I'm sure that, that, uh, that Mordecai, you know, as he sat on the wall at the gate, you know, and he sees all the stuff that is going on all the time. And perhaps, you know, he saw the honor that they were giving Haman. You know, you know, you could say like, you know, why is he getting away with that? Why is he getting away with that? But look how God turned things around. The evil uh, that, that, that Haman was doing, God was, was going to turn that around, turn that around. And he says, and look what it says in verse 12, afterwards Mordecai. You know, went back to the to the king's gate, you know, but Haman hurried home to his house, mourning with his head covered. A few things here. I could see them bringing uh, Mordecai on the horse back to the, the gate, which everybody can see, you know, and they're probably saying, all right, you know, you know, Mordecai, you know, we see you. Look what honor did you have? And I'm sure that that uh, Haman was hearing all of this. So again, that was that, that was there, you know, because, you know, he was just parade. He was just given this honor that nobody had before, you know, and, and guess who was parading him? The most noble prince of the kingdom, the most higher up official was the one that was bringing him around. And that's why Haman, you know, he was embarrassed because everybody saw this. Come on now. Everybody saw this. He was embarrassed. And he says that, that he was in mourning, so he covered his head. Normally, normally, you know, you cover your head and you're mourning when somebody passes away. But that's the way he felt. He felt totally, totally destroyed at this particular moment. You know, and it says, and it says that when he hurried home, uh, when Haman told his wife and his friends everything that happened, his wise men. You know, this was his counsel. This was his, his counsel that was there. You know, you know, they said, if Mordecai, whom you whom have you begun to, to fall, is a Jewish descent, you would not prevail against them. Look what they're saying. His wife and his friends are saying, you would not prevail against Mordecai. Now that's coming from the house, you know, his own wife. These are the same people that gave him advice earlier on, you know, of how to get rid of him. You know, they talked him into, into building a gallows in his house, you know, 50 feet high, you know, to, to they could hang Mordecai. So these same people now 
was, was telling him, you have no chance. You have no way you're going to, you know, win this, you know. So, again, they're speaking death to him. They're speaking, they're speaking disaster to him, you know. But you know what? When, when the Lord brings judgment, when the Lord brings judgment, sometimes he comes very swift. Sometimes he comes very, very fast. And this is what was happening. Haman's world was just falling apart. It was falling apart of, of all the evil that he was plotting and he was doing, you know. And, and here we see it. You have no chance. You cannot prevail. And it's a shame that sometimes, you know, we got to hear that, you know. But when it's coming, but when you're hearing those words from your own, you know, when you're hearing those words uh, from, from his wife and from his wise advisors, you know, that you have no chance. I'm sure that his heart was broken, you know, but yet he has, he had no time to think. He had no time to think because things was just wrong because the banquet was coming. Come on now. You know, Esther has prepared this banquet. She hasn't had her say yet. You know, she told the king that when you come next time to the banquet, the next day, which is coming, which was there, you know, I will tell you what I want. You know, and here, you know, Haman, just getting back, he just finished parading Mordecai all over the city. He's just finished uh, exhausting his voice because he didn't have a loudspeaker and he had to say it loud enough so people can hear it. This is the this is how the, the king honors the one he delights in. And he was saying this about Mordecai throughout the, the town square, got home. Instead of getting, uh, you know, we're with you, we're going to support you. You know, his wife and his friends right there were telling him, you have no choice. You have no chance. You cannot prevail against him. You cannot prevail against Mordecai. So again, you know, in verse 14, while they were still talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and they hastened him. No, here they come. They come to get him. Hey, we got to go. We have a banquet you got to go to. We're here to take you to the banquet. He had no opportunity to get a cup of coffee, relax a little bit, nothing, nothing, you know. So he goes from Parain, Mordecai, running home because he ran home. He was in a hurry. He didn't want nobody to see him. He went with his head covered. And now he has to go before the king and the queen. I don't know about you, but if that was me, you know, I'll be totally destroyed at the moment. But that's where he was at. Why? But that was a choosing. He created all this. You know, he created all this, you know, because of his jealousy, because, you know, Mordecai would not bow to him and he hated him for that. But you know what? No matter what we're going through, no matter what's happening around us, we see that God is in control. In this situation, God was in control. You know, he was he was already working behind the scenes. He was already taking care of, of Mordecai. He was already taking care of Esther. Just the way that the Lord orchestrated all this, just the way that he plotted. Because even when Esther herself, when she said, I will go before the king, you know, and my son spoke about that on Wednesday, I will go before the king. And 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 if I die, I die, you know, but she was faithful and, and she stood her ground. And here, you know, after uh, going and praying and fasting and going before the Lord, 
She prepared this banquet. And the Lord orchestrated all this for the benefit of the Jewish people, for the benefit of Esther, for the benefit of Mordecai. That even though they were in that dark place at that particular time, and especially for the Jewish people, that they were just about to get all slaughtered, you know, but with God's timing, you know, he has control. Sometimes we may feel that, oh, it, you know, this is not working out. You know, it's the, it's, it's the end. I have no choice now. There's, there's no answer now. But God is saying, I got control. I am in control. I have this. God always honors us. You know, sometimes it might get darker before it gets lighter. You know, sometimes the pain might get a little bit stronger before it, it leaves. But, you know, if we focus on the Lord, if we trust the Lord, if we hold on to his promises, if we give him the glory, the honor, and the praise in the middle of the situation, guess what? He shows up. He shows up. And, and us as believers, with all the stuff that we go through, with all the stuff that we got to face day in and day out, with work, you know, with the community, you know, with the government, the way everything is right now, you know, we have to make sure that we maintain ourselves and we can maintain ourselves as we seek the Lord, as we seek the Lord. So here, Esther pray and fasted, you know, early on, you know, in, prepara in preparation for all this. You know, Mordecai was there. He was faithful. You know, he stood his ground. You know, he was there and he and he, he kept his faith. He never bowed down to to Haman, <laughs> he, he made Haman's life miserable, miserable while he was doomed that he refused to bow down to him. But you know what? I know time that did, 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 uh, did the Haman, you know, struck him. I know time did anything like that happen because he had to follow certain rules. So even then, Mordecai was protected, you know, and God, you know, wrote all this information down in the Chronicles that they had there to remind the king, hey, you got to honor Mordecai and the time came. So whatever it is that we're dealing with, whatever it is that we're going through, we need to praise the Lord. We need to, to seek the Lord. We need to, to honor the Lord. Because, you know, as we pray and as we worship and as we glorify the Lord, God is being honored through all that. And when we do that, it takes our focus off what we're facing and we put our focus on him. And when we put our focus on him, guess what? Guess what? We have peace. We have joy. We have strength. When we put our focus on him, he will make a way. He will make a way for us that they, that was not there. He will, And that's why, you know, and, uh, in Psalms, there's so many uh, chapters in, in Psalms that talk about praising the Lord, praising the Lord, praising. And that is there for a reason. That is there for a reason. Because why? Because when we praise the Lord, we focus on him and we take our vision of ourselves. Don't look in the mirror and say, was me, was me, was me. But look to, up to Christ and say, Lord, I thank you. I praise you. I exalt you. I honor you. I give you the praise and the glory. And in and, and Psalms, and Psalms 40, uh, 146, it says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all my soul. Praise the Lord, oh my soul. While I have, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God, whom I have my being, who has my being. So again, praising. And Psalms 147, it starts off, praise the Lord. It ends 
we praise the Lord. So important that we praise the Lord. So important that we take, you know, our sight off what we're dealing with and just give him the praise. In Psalms 148, it says, praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise the Lord from the heights. Praise the Lord, all his angels. Praise the Lord, all his hosts. Praise him. Sun and moon, praise him. All the stars, all the lights, praise him. Your heavens and the earth. So, you know, so he's just going on and on about praising. And then he ends with praise the Lord. A lot of times we just need to praise the Lord. A lot of times we just need to acknowledge him. Because when we praise him, there's such a blessing that comes down from heaven. There's such an anointing that comes down when we praise him. Because we're giving him the honor. We're giving him the glory. And this morning, yeah, I know that I'm talking about praise right here at the end. Because you know why? Because so much stuff goes on. We need to take a moment and just praise the Lord. We need to take a moment, acknowledge him. The way the Lord blessed Mordecai, the way the Lord blessed Esther, you know, it's not just for them. He wants to bless us the same way. He wants to make a way for us. And how does he make a way? When we focus on him. Take my sight off me and put my sight on him and praise him. And you read to yourself, you know, all these all these Psalms, you know, what Psalms 148, I just read that. And Psalms 149, again, you know, praise the Lord. He starts off and he ends with praise the Lord. And, and, and Psalms 150 says, praise the Lord. Praise God for his sanctuary. Praise him for his mighty uh, permanent. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sounds of the trumpet. Praise him with the flute and the harp. Praise him with the tremble and dance. See, we can praise God. We can praise God all kinds of ways. And, you know, and we need to praise him, you know, praise him with loud symbols, praise him with clenching symbols. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. As we praise the Lord and as we worship the Lord. And this Friday, you know, before we head into the weekend, you know, we, 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 we're going to end it with praising God and worshiping him. Because he deserves the praise. Because as, like I said earlier, and I keep repeating it, I know that I am. As we praise him, we acknowledge him. That he is making a way. That he deserves the glory. That he deserves the honor. And as we do that, as we acknowledge him, you know, things start to change. Things start to change in me. Things start to change in the atmosphere around me. When I praise him and I worship him and I exalt him and I honor him. And again and again, praise ye the Lord at all times. You know, the word of God also says pray without ceasing. So as we praise him, let's let's just worship him. Let's just glorify him and never stop thanking him for what he did. Because he's working in the secret place. He's working in areas that we don't know nothing of. You know, I'm sure that Mordecai was not there by the gate waiting to get a reward. You know, he was there by the gate doing what he normally has done by the gate. You know, but he was not complaining that he was not rewarded because when he least expected, the king opened up his eyes and saw that there was something that he needed to take care of. And it was Mordecai for saving his life. You know, and then the king awarded him. And that's the way it works. Sometimes we don't know. We don't know. But as we walk and as we praise and as we worship and as we thank him and as we show our gratitude to the Lord, 
he has a way of turning things around. So let's not focus on the negative. Let's focus on him and let's give him the praise. And he's turning things around. He's healing the hearts. He's healing our bodies. You know, if you're dealing with sickness and you're dealing with pain, you know, we have to deal with it. We have to move forward, but we got to be grateful to God. God, you are in control. You have this. I thank you for healing. Like Hebrews 11, calling those things that are not like they are, you know, declaring uh, uh, deliverance, declaring healing, restoration in the home, restoration in the family. God has this. So let's this morning just praise him. Let's this morning just be grateful that God has this and he's turning things around. The time has come that God is turning things around. He's switching things around. And we have to acknowledge that. And as we, as we acknowledge that, we are authorizing the angels to go forward. We are authorizing his word to go forward. And things are going to start to change. My brothers and sisters, I have come to the end of my time. I went two minutes over. But yet again, God is in control. Again, let's praise him throughout this week and connect groups starting up next week. Come on now, connect groups. You know, if you haven't signed up, please, please, please sign up. There are plenty of groups out there. There are plenty of situations that you can, places that you can go to. EHT, Cumberland County, our new location. We're even meeting there. So praise God for that. You know, so God is on the move. Please stay connected. Don't be out there by yourself. You know, let's work together as a family because that's how we're going to retain the victory. That's how we're going to have the victory. As we, like Pastor Brendan always says, getting out of the rows and coming into a circle and coming together and fellowshipping and coming each other with each other and learning from one another. That's the best testimony that we can have when we learn from one another. And you guys have word. You guys have testimonies. And God has given you guys words to share with others. The word of God says, open up your mouth and I will fool it. I will fill it with my word. I will fill it with my grace. I will fill it with my peace. So when we open up our mouth, let life come out of it. Life and speak life into the situation. Speak life into one another. And that's what God wants, that we love one another as he loved the church. Let us pray. Father, I praise you. I worship you. I glorify thee. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for your mercy. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for this time, Father God. I pray that you will bless every single one of my brothers and sisters, Father. You know where they're at. You know where I am at, Father God. Please meet our needs according to your riches and glory. And I thank you in advance what you're doing. I thank you in advance for the miracles. I thank you in advance for the healing. I thank you in advance for the deliverance. I thank you in advance for your peace, for your joy, for your strength, for your guidance. I thank you, Father God, that you are turning things around. You in this season, you are turning things around, Father. The way things were, Father God, cannot remain anymore, my Lord. But you are in control and you are making a way where there is no way. And I thank you. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. In Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. All right, guys, keep your focus. Keep your focus. I love you. And we see each other soon. God bless.